All right, back on the Young Turks, got a couple of great guests for you. They're both actually former Just Democrats, so let's start in Colorado. Joining me now is Stephanie Rose Spaulding. She is running for the Senate seat in Colorado. So that is a very crowded race, and that includes former presidential candidate John Hickenlooper. Stephanie's a former Just Democrat. Thank you for joining us, Stephanie, we appreciate it. Thank you, thank you for having me back. No problem, of course. So Stephanie, first of all, let's talk about the Democratic side. The current incumbent is a Republican. He votes with Trump overwhelming majority of the time. The case against him is fairly clear. Yes. But when you look at the Democratic side, John Hickenlooper, the anointed one, came in from the presidential race where he was super excited to peak out at 2% and decided to enter the race against Cory Gardner. And the entirety of the Democratic Party in the media is said, that's it, you should all get out of the race. He's the winner before the contest has begun. What is your take on that? I think that the National Democratic Party has no idea what Colorado wants. And if you're here on the ground, Hickenlooper is definitely not it. This is a state that went for Bernie Sanders. This is a state that has overwhelmingly become extremely purple, if not blue, permanently. So we are moving further and further towards the left and want progressive values and actual progressive candidates. So uh, they say though, hey, listen, Hickenlooper has the best chance of winning. Um, so w- what's your answer to that? A potato could be Cory Gardner right now. All of the polls say that a generic Democrat could actually win against Cory Gardner. The issue is that the Democratic Party does not want to fund and finance. So this is a battle between Democrats and what it means to actually be progressive. So Hickenlooper, when he's not calling progressives Stalinists, would claim that he is progressive. So what is your argument against Hickenlooper from a progressive perspective? So when you have an individual tell their constituency that yes, they would drink fracking fluid, that is not a progressive candidate. We have just given over as a state under his leadership to oil and gas. And Coloradans are so upset. There are communities that have been impacted by fracking and just poor environmental policies throughout our state that we are, we're not going to stand for it again. We are not going to give him six more years. When you talk about Medicare for everyone, again, we are in a position where under his leadership, we have not been able to cover all Coloradans. And the reality is we want federal Medicare for all. Yeah, and he is against those positions. And uh, by the way, the generic Democrat beats Cory Gardner by 10 points. So it's not really close in Colorado. So Stephanie's 100% right about that. But it's not just the the national Democrats like Chuck Schumer are worried about winning that race. They also want someone who is not progressive. So Hickenlooper has said no to Medicare for all, no to Green New Deal. He's not gonna vote for those. If you don't know that what Stephanie was referring to is, he drank fracking fluid when he was the governor of Colorado to prove how awesome fracking is. And so, and, and so Stephanie, I know that he took about a quarter of a million dollars from the oil and gas industry. Did he wind up doing anything while he was governor that helped the oil and gas industry? Absolutely, permits again continue to be given to oil and gas 
industry at nauseum here in Colorado. And not just that, but not protecting enough of our public lands, not making sure that our water systems across the state are are drinkable and safe for communities right here in Fountain, Colorado. They've been dealing with an issue with the EPA and the safety of their water from PFAS here in Southern Colorado. So we, we've had a lot of issues around environmental protections throughout this state. And right now, we know that we are beyond out of time. So uh, Stephanie, Hickenlooper is a very conservative Democrat, we get that. Uh, Cory Gardner votes with Donald Trump overwhelming majority, overwhelming majority of the time. We get that, okay. So, but there are still good progressives that are in the race against Second Looper. So, of those folks, why should it be you? Because it's not just about environment and the individuals who are proclaiming themselves to be progressive actually have voting records that don't demonstrate that as much. And right now, again, we cannot afford for incrementalism. We need someone who under pressure has demonstrated that they hold these values to the core of their being, to the core of their existence. And that's who I am as a person. It's who I've been as a professor, as a pastor, very passionate about social justice work and doing work in the community. That has been my life for the last 20 years. So, um, how how would you convince folks uh, that you could beat? Forget Gardner. I think anyone could beat Gardner. But how do you convince folks that you have got enough uh, strength in terms of any metric you want—dollars, volunteers—it doesn't matter—to uh, beat Hickenlooper? That you're the progressive to beat Hickenlooper. In 2018, I ran for the U.S. House here in the Fifth Congressional District. And it is one of the reddest, hardest lifts of the state. When Democrats had never truly put a Democratic candidate up against the incumbent before, people were so discouraged about whether or not you could have a, a, a blue dog Democrat come out, a justice Democrat come out and win a conservative district. We earned 126,000 votes. And that was because we were able to build coalition while maintaining a very progressive platform in the reddest part of the state. So you had Democrats, independents, and Republicans supporting me as a candidate. That work laid the foundation for a base that is continuing to grow throughout this primary. And there are people throughout the state who did not have the opportunity to vote for me in 2018, and they are ready to do so now. Um, so, uh, what, how many volunteers do you have at this point, Stephanie? Oh, we have at least 300 volunteers across the state. We have been to every corner of this state. We have donors who are coming from every county across this state and across the, um, I think about 35 countries, I mean, 35 states. We just found out for our um, FEC filing. So we have people who are really helping to build this grassroots momentum. And we don't have corporate dollars. We don't have really individuals who can max out. These are small dollar donors who are like, we are behind you and we support you. And we are, we're proving that progress is what Colorado is looking for. And so you guys recently had a forum on climate change in Colorado, where all the Senate candidates could show up. 
So did they all show up? <laughs> no, the majority of us showed up, but we were missing Hickenlooper and Cory Gardner, which in some ways you're like, what's the difference between the two? No, but honestly, like uh, I, they would both vote against Green New Deal, and they would both support oil and gas industries. So on that issue, there is no difference. And there so, is no difference, and there's no difference on healthcare. Yeah, and so Chuck Schumer says, let's make sure to defeat Cory Gardner, so we could have a Democrat that votes the same as Cory Gardner. Right. Okay, if you say so, that doesn't seem like a very compelling argument. But isn't it also an affront to the voters that Hickenlooper doesn't even bother showing up for a climate change forum? It is, and it's not just the climate change forum. He has not shown up for other forums as well. And so in some ways, we know that he has put in plan the national policy, stay in a basement, make the phone calls, raise as much money as possible. And right now voters are ticked off because of that, because they have real questions that they want to ask of their primary candidates and they deserve the opportunity to do so. We don't need a placeholder. We have that in Cory Gardner. Yeah, uh, there is, there's this hilarious video of Hickenlooper uh, saying that he will promise not to take uh, fossil fuel money. And then after he gets off the stage, the activist comes up and thanks him and says, "Oh, that's great. You know, you also can't take it from executives. It's not just from the companies. And he's like, oh, no, no, I don't agree to that. I mean, you can't run a campaign if you don't take money from fossil fuel executives. We are running a campaign with no money from fossil fuel executives. <laughs> so you see Hickenlooper literally crosses out his name and goes, no, I'm not signing on to that. So. Yeah. Uh, we should have a real progressive be the senator from Colorado, not someone who's gonna vote with the Republican Party on both of these. Last thing, real quick, Stephanie. So Hickenlooper's priorities help oil and gas and vote against Medicare for all. What what would be your priorities in the Senate? Definitely Medicare for all, Green New Deal, immigration reform. I have been to the border. I know that we have to abolish ICE and we need to revamp, overhaul the Department of Human Services completely. So immigration reform is next on that list. And getting money out of politics, just the corruption around the way in which lobbyists and money impede the legislative practices of those who have been elected is, is flabbergasting. So we have to do campaign finance reform. All right, uh, the website is stephanie4co.com as in Colorado, stephanie4co.com. Uh, and we'll have all the links down below if you're watching later on YouTube or Facebook. Just click on the links in the description box. Stephanie Rose Spaulding, great to talk to you again. Thank you for joining us. Likewise, and thank you. All right. Now, uh, when we come back, we've got another great guest for you guys. And uh, in this case, uh, it's another Just Democrat, this time from Delaware. I really want to ask about Chris Coons. Speaking of corporate Democrats who are just like Republicans, uh, he's among the very worst. So um, let's come back and have that conversation. All right, back on the Young Turks. I got another great guest for you guys. Let's do it. Joining me now is Carrie Evelyn Harris. She ran as a Just Democrat for the Senate in Delaware last cycle. She ran against Tom Carper, was outspent 10 to 1, but got 35% of the vote anyway, which stunned a lot of the politicos in, in Delaware. Uh, now she has a unique new job I want to talk to her about, but there's also some interesting Delaware politics. Carrie, uh, welcome back to the Young Turks. 
Thank you for having me, Jenk. I love being on with you. Uh, thank you. Uh, we love having you. Uh, so um, I'm going to put you on the hot spot in a minute. Uh, <laughs> so that's going to be fun. I want to talk I, about. I can't imagine you would do that. <laughs> um, so I want to talk about your current job in a second because it's fascinating. But let's start with Chris Coons. Uh, so uh, he has done a lot of questionable things lately. He's running uh, for Senate, of course. He's the incumbent in the seat. He is the co-chair of the Prayer Breakfast, and the Prayer Breakfast folks that uh, run it are the family. They send people all across the world to fight against LGBT rights and to pass some of the most odious laws there exist on the planet. And he seems to enjoy it so much, he's the co-chair. He thinks we should work with the Republicans. He says he works with the five most vulnerable Republicans to protect them in the Senate. I can go on and give you at least a dozen. But recently, he made some very controversial comments about diversity in the Senate. And we covered that on the Young Turks a little while ago. And he seemed to indicate that diversity leads to discord in the Senate. What's your take on that, Kerry? Um, you did put me on the hot seat. Um, but yes, absolutely. We are, uh, it, I know what you're referring to with the comments uh, that he made at Notre Dame. And it was, it was upsetting to me when I heard them. Um, you know, I work really hard to build unity amongst ordinary people. And it is regardless of party. But the problem is elected officials um, that call themselves Republicans aren't working on the side of ordinary people. And so to say that we are trying to build up and protect the five most vulnerable Republicans is forgetting about all the ordinary people, Democrats and Republicans that are hurting right now in America. Uh, to say that history will uh, prove that diversity in our elected bodies um, basically stalls it is is concerning. And I'm really hoping that uh, he was misspoken in that. But where it came, where I what I heard was um, black, white, Asian, Hispanic, poor, wealthy, um, those who are in well-to-do zip codes and low-income zip codes should fear one another um, or be feel that we aren't going to be able to advance because we are so diverse. When the truth is our unity is our greatest resistance and our strength. Um, at Notre Dame, Donnelly went on and he even said that we have proven that unity is our strength. Um, and it is very concerning to me because history has proven over and over again, and it continues to prove that when we come together, that is when we are our strongest. We see it when after natural disasters. We've seen it in history when we were attacked in Pearl Harbor, 9-11. We put our differences to the side and we move forward and we are stronger. Um, we will see that same thing when it comes to passing policies such as Medicare for all, Green New Deal, um, ensuring that workers have rights regardless of their sexual orientation, regardless of their income, regardless of their education level. And to, to use the excuse that diversity is a problem is to cover up that the fact of why we are not moving forward in our Senate. Um, let's face it, Senate is not diverse. We are the most diverse it's been. But the truth is, it is still what something like 75% um, male, 
50% millionaires, uh, 70% white, 85% Christian, almost every single person, like 99% have college educations. And that is not what America looks like. And so you cannot say that diversity is stalling your efforts to move forward. In fact, diversity is not the problem in Senate. It is a failure to understand the urgency of now um, for every other American. Well, Carrie, you can actually argue that uh, for rich white male uh, senators like Chris Coons, diversity is the problem. And by the way, he mentioned every one of those groups. He not only talked about people of color, but he mentioned women in the diversity and he mentioned poor people in diversity. And he said it, uh, that he's worried that history shows that it produ produces irreconcilable discord to have all those people trying to work together. Well, then what the hell are we supposed to do? But the but for him, really, it's there is some truth in it. Uh, basically, he's saying we were all getting along, giving everything to the rich and to the donors who we represent. And you guys come along and now all of a sudden we have discord. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez says we shouldn't give everything to the rich. Well, that's annoying, uh, they, <laughs> right? And, and so, uh, and that was your fellow just Democrat. And, and look, sometimes the media makes an excuse for senators from Delaware who are notoriously conservative, even though Delaware is a very progressive state. They say, well, you don't understand, Jake, a lot of corporations are based in Delaware, and you've got a lot of credit card companies and financial institutions in Delaware. Carrie, do those banks and corporations get the vote? No, the people do. And the truth is we can put a lot more restrictions on our banks, a lot more restrictions on corporations and still be a place that people want to come to and do business. We need to understand that we are losing our youth because we don't have opportunities. We need to understand that in rural Sussex County, people do not have opportunities and they don't know what to do. And so we have a growing opioid crisis. In Wilmington, our largest, most populated city, there also is the same problem of lack of opportunity, they are moving. Um, all jobs are moving and there's violence because lack of opportunity breeds violence. Um, there is this major concern amongst the people of Delaware that we are not being heard, that we are not being represented the way we should be. And that is a concern and it's across the board. Uh, and when we are in a strongly blue state, every major office is held by a Democrat, why should our counties that are blue stay blue? Why are the purple ones encouraged to move blue? And why should red even consider going purple if we're not doing what we're supposed to, which is being the party of the people? We need to prove it with our actions, with the laws we pass to show that we put people first regardless of party because we care about people, not making sure that the establishment stays in power. Run, carry, run. <laughs> Hashtag run, carry, run. Uh, so you, you're not in the race, um, but uh, you should be. Uh, <laughs> um, okay, but hey, uh, further hot seat. I hear that since uh, uh, you were just Democrat, you've not taken a job as a lobbyist. So who are you a lobbyist for, Carrie? 
I'm a lobbyist for the people. So I work with an organization called Working Hero Action. um, And I travel to different states, find out the best practices, um, promote policies that work for all people. And I also work on Capitol Hill doing the same thing. Uh, If we rise together, we do better. Um, And the sooner we let everyone know that our struggles are connected, the sooner that we all will see that our lives improve. Uh, Every single thing, Medicare for all, we'll save $2 trillion over 10 years. But if we take $2 trillion out of the economy, it crumbles. So what what do we do with that money? We do things like provide clean, safe water because to provide clean pipes throughout the nation is 200 billion over 10 years. So one year saving for Medicare for all will take away lead from all of all Americans' concerns, right? Um, Think about what we can do with another 200 billion for schools, another 200 billion for pre-K, another 200 billion for infrastructure and creating jobs that are actually careers, building the middle class. And so people need to understand that our fight isn't with each other, but with uh, elected officials and people who have vested interest in keeping us separated, they are the ones that we need to stand up against and we need to march in unison regardless of our zip code, our color, our sexual orientation and say, we the people deserve more and we demand more. And so my job is to go into these different chambers and say, um, who's with us? How can we help you? This is the expectation of the people, um, and we will not stand down until we get what we need and we deserve. You know the country's getting more progressive when we now have lobbyists for the working poor. Previously, (laughs) unimaginable. Um, (laughs) And by the way, a lot of uh, Young Turks and Progressive uh, friends and allies are involved in uh, Working Hero Action. The guy who set it up is Joe Sandberg. Yes. Uh, who appears often on the Young Turks. Uh, the biggest champion of the earned income tax credit in Congress is Ro Khanna, another Justice Democrat. Yes. And so, uh, and just real quick, uh, since you are uh, fighting for that, for the folks who don't know, why is the earned income tax credit such a great idea? The earned income tax credit has proven itself year after year for decades that it is the single most um, It's the key way to pull people out of poverty. It has shown clear connections to graduation rates. It's shown clear connection to health. It's shown clear connection to raising a person from one economic status to the next. And it is something that when you talk about bipartisan support, it has always had bipartisan support because people are encouraged to move forward, working people are able to pull themselves up with a little extra help. It encourages people to say, you know what, I'm in a rough situation, but there is assistance on the other side. And it is important for everyone to understand that there is a safety net out there. We're working to expand it state level to make sure that there is a larger impact because there will be more money. Currently, there are bills before Congress. One of them is championed by Congresswoman Tlaib, and she is trying to make it so that it expands and it spreads your your benefit over a year. So instead of getting a lump sum, you'd get a monthly payment. And as somebody who struggled in poverty myself, I know that that extra two, three, four hundred dollars a month would have really made a difference. It would have allowed things like putting my child into extracurricular activities as opposed to saying, 
maybe next month. Um, it would have allowed me to pay down some bills. It would have allowed me to put more food on the table. And this is something that is very important to more and more Americans as poverty rates um, grow because the cost of living is increasing and yet our, our income is not increasing at the same time. All right, Carrie Evelyn Harris, by the way, the website is CarrieEvelynHarris.com. Uh, look, uh, she's got to work with folks to get uh, these priorities passed. And so um, it's not her idea to run, it's my idea, but hashtag run, Carrie, run. Uh, <laughs> we need real progressives in the Senate. There's no reason why the very blue state of Delaware should have, I, I think Chris Coons is, if he's not the most conservative Democrat in the Senate, he's certainly in the top five. And that makes no sense for Delaware. But I love the work you're doing at Working Hero Action as well. Carrie, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you, you too, Jenk. Have a great evening. All right, you too. Thank you. Okay, uh, when we come back, we're gonna do a fun post game, including, uh, I said fun, uh, we have a story about the fattest bear. Fascinating, we'll be right back.